Being scared is a truly humbling thing, isn't it? It's that rush of adrenaline that surges through your body, ignites your bones, and sends electrical signals through the power lines of your brain, begging you to jolt, to run, to shriek. It reminds you that you are alive. We lose that magic of fear as we get older. Mundanity takes its place, and the majority of us become scared less so of monsters in the dark, aliens in the sky, or creatures in the woods. We instead fixate on the fear of bankruptcy, of bad people doing us harm, of failure. Perhaps that's appropriate. We must grow with the times, and while I have no doubt plenty of you hearing this are already flexing your fingers to tell me you can quite easily be just as scared of taxes as you can be the local mascot who you're 99.9% .9 sure is dead inside the suit, but you're missing the point. Did you look up at the stars lately? I mean, really, look up at them. The immense Stygian void filled with a basin of bright orbs that twinkle, sparkle, and burn. It's easy to shrug them off as just giant balls of gas with immeasurable power and magnitude, their dying light still bursting through the black canvas of our night sky, despite their physical form long since dissipating. A legacy left across time and space that we can never hope to achieve. There's another mundane fear. Existentialism. I looked up at the sky on December 9th, 2020. A cold, bitter night where I searched for something to bring me peace when my body would not. Sharp daggers stabbing at my insides, pushing into my organs and making the bile rise up in my throat. Boiling and viscous, pushing past my teeth and spat out across the ground with a grimace. Vile painful. I remember looking up to find comfort, to find substance, to find a humbling sense of my place in this vast universe. Instead, I saw eyes beaming down at me, innumerable, immeasurable, inconceivable, some bulging amid the darkness, their size growing with every moment my neck craned upwards. I see a pair in the corner filled with tears, their pupils dilated and flashing, miniature black holes rotating as the event horizon that is their iris flaring as they take in what they see. Eyes upon eyes upon eyes, so many swirling orbs of magnificent, horrifying, and forbidden colors, a litany of differing expressions and sizes that threatened to envelop me if I made a wrong move, all fixated on me. I felt my stomach contract and goosebumps rise on my skin, the feeling of my heart smashing its way from my chest and into my throat, a tingling sensation in my right hand as my fingers involuntarily moved, the eyes snapping to look at it as if it were a marvel, or perhaps a threat. I ran from my home, stayed under the covers, and pushed my hands into my closed eyes to manifest a slew of safe colors. Something, anything to wash out the forbidden ones creeping through my curtains. I knew if I gazed upon them again, I would go mad. The eyes began following me everywhere. I couldn't tell you how often I noticed them. Sometimes I would be able to go about my day without it being an issue, only for the sickly light to seep through the window and taunt me into coming outside. Other days I would be unable to do anything in its overwhelming presence. 
some eyes looking remorseful and full of regret, others looking hungry and ravenous, desperate to push the rest of their terrifying forms through the barrier of night to take me. It was three weeks and two days later that I started hearing the ringing, the incessant ringing in my ears. Sometimes I feel my skin peeling at the edges as the ringing grows in sound, ferocity, and temperature. Yes, temperature. Hot, burning flashes rip through my chest, the upper right side piercing through my ribcage and pushing up at my skin, trying to get out. I hold my breath and count backwards from 17. Always seems to do the trick. I see spots in my vision and my tongue grows fat in my mouth, but the ringing goes for a time. I feel the pressure in my chest rise, fall, cease, and start over, but eventually it gives way to a beautiful numbness. The stars pulsate in the sky, red and burning in their gaze. I don't know what I did to offend them, but they whisper overhead. I nailed my window shut and put on a white noise machine, but still, they whisper, Look at me. Look at us. We glow for you. Babbling from an incoherent form, I ignore it as I form a blanket fort filled with makeshift beams made from cardboard tubes and ambient lighting. So long as I'm in here, with or without the pain, nothing can hurt me. I will stay here until their voices grow hoarse, until the sickly light stops trying to drown out my comfort light. As long as it takes, until the many hands stretching across the length and breadth of my room dissipate, their grip finding nothing but air, their lengthy nails no longer rending and tearing at my flesh as they try to draw blood, much to the elation of the stars outside. As long as it takes. I will crumble in this blanket fort if it keeps whatever unseen horrors lurking outside away from me. As long as it takes, among the lights grew one gaping maw. It grinned at me in the twilight last Saturday, completely unafraid of its presence and ignored by everyone else. One tooth bore the bodies of countless dead, their husks twitching and reaching out. Do you… do you see that? I cried in the middle of a local supermarket and pointed with a shaking digit to the sunset. The clerk cocked her head to the side and frowned. The sky? Yeah, it's nice. Why? I felt the hot rush of embarrassment and indignation crawl up my throat like an eel, but I snapped my teeth shut and kept it barred inside. I took my groceries with an unflinching grin that mirrored the beast in the sky before pulling my hood up and promptly hurrying home. I felt its hot breath on my back and the distorted laugh of a thousand agonizing voices having their flesh rend until the screams morphed into uproarious and maleficent cackling as if it would be their target for eventual vengeance. I did not dare ask it myself. I did not dare ask it myself or why I was cursed this way, why it sought me as its victim. But I did take a moment to look back and stare at it as I stood upon the threshold of my home, defiant and confused. If I was to greet the sickly light in the hands with a new sensation of mockery, I wanted to make sure I looked at my tormentor. As my gaze met theirs, the moment froze, all things froze. I stood before the enormity of what faced me, and nothing could impede it. 
The sky blackened. Every surrounding star looked down on me as two magnificent black holes ripped and twisted to form the bulbous pupils which the grand eyes would swirl around. A nebulous smoke formed the hood, and the smile peeled back into a ripple that stretched across the sky. Come from us. It bellowed, a guttural howl that rattled my bones as it spoke, but didn't. I could do nothing but stare at it. The feeling of sheer overwhelming power was impossible to fight against. I was nothing, absolutely nothing. I felt the invisible hands pull at my ankles, blindingly making their way up my legs and finding the spot in my upper right cavity with which to dig their tendrils into, stabbing deeper into my chest cavity. A hot, burning sensation filling my lungs as black bile seeped out from my mouth. It once again boomed, rattling the skies and every pair of eyes shifting away from it as the nebulous cloak wrapped around it began to glow. First a beautiful magenta with flecks of gold and amber, then pulsating a deep iridescent blue as it finished its second statement. My hearing felt stuffy and I felt my eyes water, not from crying but from something. My breathing, why wasn't I breathing? I was no longer blinking either. How long had I been bearing witness to this titan? What, what was this? I counted backwards from 17, watching the spots in my vision grow and hoping the creature in the sky would fade as the sun began to set. 10 seconds to go. The stars twinkled and pulsated. Were they always this close? Five seconds. The spots in my vision grow like burn marks on a picture, but still the figure remains as my fear grows. As I reach the end, I collapse to the floor in a heap, sobbing and gritting my teeth from the agony ripping through my body. I don't dare look up again, not even as my neighbor comes to help. I don't recall what happened next, only that a local doctor visited, sighed, and prescribed some medication. I didn't take them. That night, for the first time, there were no stars in the sky, no sickly lights, no hands. <laughs> I didn't realize that until now. I took an hour to collect myself before recording any further. To you, I will feel like no time at all. That's the beauty of this exchange, I suppose. Time doesn't factor in, but in my world, I gave great pause to what had occurred from the safety of my blanket fort and my stomach in so many knots. What is going on with me? Is any of this even making sense? Is anyone even hearing this? Am I just screaming into the void? The sky outside is shrouded in perpetual darkness now. I've checked. It's not a mirage or an illusion. It just is. Nobody else seems to notice but me. The lights grow in number every day, and even with all the waking hours I possess, I can no longer count them. Maybe that's for the best. We were always meant to have limitations. I hear the beeping constantly now. No amount of breath-holding assuages it. No gentle mantras stave off the many stabbing hands. No amount of safe colors in my head block out the forbidden light anymore. I don't know how much longer I will last. It took two weeks to find the energy and mental fortitude to finish imparting this to you. 
It is incoherent, and I'm sure it will not be the way it could have been with a clearer mind. That's okay. It's not for everyone. I accept that, and welcome that if it comes to pass. But if it is for you, you who have a season pass to Sturgeon and cannot wait to visit once more, you who suffer as I suffer, we all walk this road eventually. It's just a matter of when we arrive there. Twenty-nine years old and staring down the long road of eternity, who would have thought I'd end up here in such a sorry state? Where did the bright-eyed child sat at their mother's old typewriter, hastily typing out Dragon Ball Z fanfiction go? Where did the angst-ridden teen channeling their feelings into spoken word poetry in the vein of Hawthorne Heights and My Chemical Romance go? The raw honesty of being nineteen and stumbling, falling, and crashing into the spotlight. Where did they go? All that's left now is a shambling husk of broken bones, atrophied muscles, and fractured memories. An old, rambling soul in the body of a once vibrant person who could do so much more. So much more. I won't lie to you all. I'm scared. I have no doubt many are scratching their heads and wondering where this is going where I'm going, and what it all means. We build safe zones in our mind to help deal with the inevitability of our end. Rainbow bridges, pearly gates, great wheels of life. I even have a buddy who believes in the skeleton war. I like him. The lights in the sky changed colors recently, you know. The eyes no longer look full of anger or malice. They seem almost welcoming. The iris of everyone is now a magnificent swirl of colors, promises unspoken, and love unabated by time and space. It was only when I truly looked that I saw what hid behind the eyes, hid behind the beeping, behind the hands. It was a glimpse, nothing more, but it was enough, and much like the constellations that connect the stars, I can no longer see anything. It was everyone and everything I loved. I don't mean that in a saccharine manner. I mean it literally. Every loved one formed behind those eyes. A welcoming look on their faces beckoning me to come home, wherever home may be. I saw family that I barely remembered. Friends who had fallen. Lovers who had taken their own road. Enemies long gone and rivals standing tall. I saw everyone. Everything. The cloaked figure smiled. The colors were blinding and the noise was deafening. Then... I understood. 